Sweden and Finland looking to join NATO, saying that they will do it. The Turks seem opposed to such a move. One wonders if this is to get a little favor, get uh, some opportunities, I don't know, maybe get uh, some love for having been dropped from some defense uh, contracts because when you buy Russian-made defense systems that are meant to take down the F-35 strike fighter, maybe people don't want to do business with you. Maybe Turkey shouldn't be a NATO member anymore. But that's not the conversation. The conversation is Finland and Sweden saying that Russia isn't the threat that they thought it once was. And what's happening in Ukraine and the Ukrainians' ability to fight back against Russia proves it. But when it comes to Ukraine, another $40 billion has just gone out the door. Are we actually getting into nation rebuilding? And we sh- and should we be? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Representative Victoria Sparts joins us right now. She is from the Indiana 5th District. Full disclosure, she is my representative, my member uh, of Congress, of course, uh, uh, of uh, Ukraine, has been spending time in Ukraine, has been uh, very passionately uh, engaged in the support of Ukrainians against uh, the the Russian threat. And I do want to get into the dollars with you, but let's start with Sweden and, and Finland, their desire to join NATO. What does that say to you, and do you believe that this Turkish resistance can be overcome? Well, I think, you know, we created a nice situation, which really needs to be rethought. You know, if you're a member of NATO and one child in your country dies, you know, the whole force of West going to come to try to protect you. If you are not, you know, you'll be in a situation that your kids, women, children will be slaughtered and the world will be watching. So I think it's a very dangerous situation because now our United Nations is dysfunctional organization, so there is no protection. I think Sweden understands, you know, and that it's really in Finland they are in danger. Russia has a big appetite and can cause a lot of problems. So I think this is all or nothing approach is not a good approach, but I think there is a lot of politics is going to be happening, and I'm not sure if that's going to be the time and, you know, that things can happen to resolve world order and what happens next. But I don't blame them because this, the situation has been escalated because these presidents were dragging their feet and not really be decisive. If what he's talking right now would have been done a year ago, we wouldn't have had this war. Any delay in an action caused a lot of lives and a lot of money. So being reactive and proactive, that's unfortunate reality. And I think we, we took a Chamberlain approach, unfortunately. Now we're trying to catch up. But let's uh, go back to that. Uh, the, the idea that uh, when you're not a NATO ally, uh, women and children can get slaughtered is, is uh, in, incendiary language in that you're making an argument, I believe you're making the argument, Congresswoman, that that the United States should be doing more regarding uh, Ukraine. But there is something to be said for treaties versus, you know, nations we have treaties with versus nations we we don't have treaties uh, with. Is it your feel that with uh, the money that has been pledged and the hardware that has been uh, uh, sent, that has not been enough in Ukraine? Well, let me tell you something. You know, I'm not talking about the U.S. I'm talking about international order. It's not just responsibility of U.S. to keep peace. We are a big leader in that. But we need to have a mechanism that country cannot be attacked and people wouldn't be killed like that and no one can do anything about it. So I think it's a responsibility for us to look. United Nations were created for that reason and it's not working. 
So NATO is a different organization. But what I'm just saying, we do not have an entity like that. And I think that had to be discussed because there is no protection right now unless you're a member of NATO. That's why everyone wants to be a member of NATO. And it creates a lot of problems for us, too, and burdens. So I don't know if that's the best structure, but it's a different conversation. As related to, in general, when you're talking about the aid and help to Ukraine, well, let me tell you a few things. You know, in our, I just actually called for oversight committee hearing, and I actually was uh, co-chairing that hearing. You know, Democrats and Republicans agree, ranking member and chairwoman, to do the hearing, because I felt we need to figure out what's happened. So, you know, we talk about all these Ukrainian packages from $13.6 billion that we just, past, you know, a few months ago, I could only figure out about three going to Ukraine. So I was trying to figure out where the rest are, and I still need to see the numbers. A lot of goes to these international organizations. I haven't seen them on the ground in Ukraine or Poland or anywhere else. They have a big fancy offices, big bureaucracy, and do resolutions. I talked to them and I said, no one cares about your resolutions. Pick some items, action items, and get it done. If you cannot get it done, then why do you exist? And I think that is the questions we need to ask, because right now the world is getting destabilized. It's not just an issue of Ukraine. It is becoming the Middle East will be destabilized. Europe is getting destabilized. Georgia, Moldova, Poland, Baltics, the Scandinavian countries. But let me we push back have on that. Ports. I mean, it's a problem. Let me push back on that for, for a moment. Talking to Congresswoman Victoria Sparks of the Indiana 5th District, the idea that the world is being destabilized, if you and I were sitting over a drink and discussing this on a bar stool, I would turn to you and say, the world has been being destabilized since the beginning of time. There's always a moment when the world is destabilized. Is the argument that there are warring factions and tribal factions and, and horrors happening every single day in places we don't pay any attention to, or is it the idea that the 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 uh, back and forth is not getting uh, responses because we lack a leadership on a world stage and your feel is that the United Nations can't do it, so we need to start fresh? Well, I think it cannot do it, but I think it's always, there's always conflict, but the scale of the conflict right now is getting very, very material. You have a smaller conflict, but this is, you know, by World Food Program estimate, if we don't unblock ports in Odessa, which on top of all of the bad manufacturing energy policy, we already had inflation and prices. I mean, I'm a farmer, four to six times increase on input costs. We already had problems, but now block ports in Ukraine, and I mean, Russia and Ukraine pretty much control sort of supply of wheat. It's going to destabilize billions of people. It's going to be North Africa. About 24 countries are going to have hunger and failed governments, terrorism and riots and wars. I mean, this is very serious. We're talking to large groups of people. And if you know famine and food, it's also a weapon of mass destruction. Russia understands it very well. You know, so I think blocking this port is a big problem right now to world food supply. You know, and David Bisley from Wood Food Program, he just recently, I just actually posted, you know, had a discussion on CNN. This is attack on the world, and people need to understand that. You know, so it might not affect come to you and me sitting maybe here quickly, but it will come to some of my constituents because not everyone can afford, you know, all of this fancy places and have, you know, have a lot of disposable income. Inflation is going to hurt people with low income. It's going to hurt people with low income in, in, my, in, in my district, in Indiana. It's going to hurt people in countries like Africa. 
in South America and we have open border and they will be coming on our side and try to get more benefits in Sri Lanka. I mean, there are going to be a lot of implications of that, that if world is not watching, it's going to be very, very material. So the crisis exists, but the materiality of crisis, it's very significant because it's hard to deal with material crises, and it's moving in that direction. And unfortunately, this administration is just start realizing it now. And unfortunately, we're always slow, and slow response and inaction creates higher costs. Talking about the new package, I think it's a little bit bad in that package, you know, because ultimately, if you talk about Ukraine, at least half of the money they tried to go to Ukraine in this case, you know, from $40 billion. The other ones is really not. But it's also we need to make sure we have a proper oversight of that, too. You know, so but let's, not like let's... a bureaucracy oversight, but real oversight on the ground. That's why I pushed on them and I said, if you want money to Ukraine, you better have your people there on the ground, military attaché. You need to have your consulate there that these people can watch the government, can watch and make sure things are delivered, and can monitor what's happening there. So you're making the argument, talking to Congresswoman Victoria Sparks, that it's one thing to give the money, but we as as Americans should be keeping an eye on how the money is spent. Just to make sure really quickly that you're saying that. Yes, I did it. It has okay. to. And you need to be on the ground. You cannot watch how money is spent sitting in offices in New York or Washington. You're not going to get me to disagree with that. But in this $40 billion, and I wanted to get this, so I'm so glad yep. that you created the segue for me. I like it when you make my job easy, Congresswoman. Thank you for that. <laughs> this $40 billion, as described by Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army, a regular guest on this yep. program, a, a military analyst on radio and television. He described that $40 billion as for nation building. So oh, no. how would no. you describe the $40 billion? And do you, with, with look, I, I, I never question uh, where, where, your, where your loyalty is. I'm not that person. That is not in any way my conversation. But certainly there is a, a connection that you have uh, to Ukraine that, that I don't. Are you in favor of nation building in Ukraine? No, there is no nation can be built, you know, from only from people ground up. And I think at some point, you know, West need to see, you know, not just us, how we can have policies that, you know, that very, you know, good for that our companies are interested in investing in Ukraine versus Chinese company. Ukraine is a country full of resources. You know, you cannot rebuild. I mean, the, the, the destruction there, we're talking trillions. Are not, I mean, this is just a joke. This thing is not even, I mean, if we don't give them proper military support, the scale of the crisis, it's not sustainable by us, by the world. You know, the only thing we should do, give them enough weapons to stop this insanity, stop the damage and drag Russia to the table. You know, that is the only way. You know, there is, I mean, there is no, I mean, the nations of that size is, you know, second largest country in Europe with 40 million people with resources and everything else. You know, I think this is just, this, it's not even, this is not even a peanut. I mean, it's a joke even to say that it's going to be built any nation. What I think it is, which is not sufficient, and we push a little bit more, that we do need to have more security assistance. From If you think about it, it's 40 billion. So at least a little bit more. Last time we only get two to really for security assistance for weapons. Now we're given six billion for that, you know. So we give some more money to, you know, to, uh, to support, you know, Ukrainian government. But that is something that I personally believe that is a little bit, you know, dangerous to do because without proper oversight. Because I understand we gave money to organizations like UN and they ate all of the money and nothing happened. So it's a bureaucracy. But if we're going to help them to, you know, to collapse the economy so they can pay pensions and stuff like that, 
in the meantime, we need to make sure that there is a mechanism that they're not going to money not going to go to wrong people. And then you know, I think that is very important. So there is no talk in the building. I think there is, you know, four billion goes six billion to goes to Ukrainian government, four billion goes to Ukrainian military, so it's ten billion goes in the military, you know, and then they have humanitarian aid, which is not just for Ukraine. And then they have just for Poland and everything else. And then they have some supporting, you know, this Ukrainian government for them, like for pensions and maintaining the economy. Because right now ports are blocked. They have no income, no grain income. Economy doesn't have any, a lot of plants, you know, a lot of companies, you know, destroy. So they don't have any revenue. So they have a problem now to pay like the military people and pensions. So it's a very temporary fix. But it's almost impossible to sustain that. And I think that the world, the United States cannot afford it. That's why we have to stop the war with given proper weapons. And then Ukrainians need to create policy attractive for companies to invest because it's a very attractive country. Let and me... I would like American companies to invest before Chinese come and take resources. Ukraine has 22 rare earth minerals, some of the largest, you know, land uh, in, in Europe and most productive. So it's a very attractive company. You are it's preaching on that one and i have been concerned constantly that when you now have a, a vassal state like russia will be and china control of it exactly how dangerous it becomes for the rest of the world but we're going to save that conversation for another day before i, I let you go congresswoman i just want to uh, you, you sit on the uh, judiciary uh, committee there in in the house crime terrorism and homeland security subcommittee the immigration and citizenship subcommittee you have the the secretary of homeland security uh, alejandro mayorkas saying may 23rd that's when title 42 will disappear um is there any way to get him not to do this is there any legislation being discussed regarding a a strengthening of the border and is our border prepared for what happens when Title 42, which allows for easy deportation due to communicable diseases a la COVID, um, uh, and that uh, ability to remove people from the country is gone, is the country prepared for what comes next? No, I think it is a disgrace for him to do it. I think we will have a real invasion in the country. And I think that is, it, it's, it's, you know, I, I'll give you the number. World Food Program did an estimate that with this destabilization of the world, can destabilize Central America, where if you calculate about 40% of people want to leave the country, you know, about 90% want to come to our country. We're talking about 12, 13 million people. If we have no way to be able to stop anyone at that border, and you have millions of people coming to that border, you know, our border patrol has no ability to control that border and secure American people. And this is a dangerous situation considering there are wars happening, Terrorists happening, what's happening in Afghanistan, to let our border patrol to drop the ball on them like that. I mean, this is something that we need to have a serious conversation, but we also need to get pushed on the Democrats because they cannot abandon our country. This is a huge national security risk, and we need to continue raising this issue that American people understand that this is not politics. This is a danger to our national security. The same was happening in Ukraine is danger to our national security. And we cannot be reluctant and dumb, don't believe that country and Russia and China are not attacking us. So we cannot be 
stupid. We have to be more proactive, not reactive, and be smarter because they're eating our lunch, and it's enough. We should be better because we're a powerful country with a lot of good people, have too much dumb people running the country and really causing a lot of problems. So I think we have to get together and find some common ground, even get some Democrats on board. Um, I'm going to spend a little bit of time going over uh, how we, 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 we made a connection in, in those stories. We will speak again. Congresswoman Victoria Sparts, S-P-A-R-T-Z, sparts.house.gov is where you find her. I appreciate taking the time to be with us. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz.